This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. You can see that with just a little bit of foresight and pre-planning while they're young, it can make a huge, huge difference for your child in the long run. show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about saving for our children's future. There comes a point in time when we're feeling pretty good about our own financial situation, and we turn our attention to our kids. What can we do to make sure they have a financially prosperous future? Today, I'm exploring this topic with certified financial planner professional Damian Dunn. Damian is the Director of Personal Financial Strategies at Your Money Line. Damian also co-hosts the Pete the Planner Show, a syndicated radio show and podcast. Damian has been in the financial industry for nearly 20 years in various roles, but has found his passion by being able to provide accessible and affordable financial guidance to anyone who seeks it. Damian is also married and a proud father to two kids living in Indiana. Welcome to the show, Damien. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Damien, we've heard a lot about this student debt crisis that's uh, affecting our country. $1.5 trillion and probably growing fast. What are ways we can invest today to help our kids avoid this mess in the future? Yeah, the, the rumors are true. There's a lot of student loans out there, a lot of debt probably not going away anytime soon, regardless of what may be being promised from potential presidential candidates. So uh, we've always thought it's best to try and take care of your own house without trying to uh, lean on promises of somebody else. So the best way to prepare yourself uh, and your kids for college is to start saving now. If you did, haven't done it previously, try and get that date sped up as much as you can. And the preferred vehicle for most people to save into is a 529 account for college savings. 529s are set uh, especially for, or created especially for college savings. And, and actually now you can use them for uh, high school and junior high and elementary as well. But for most people, it makes the most sense to focus on the college side of it. Uh, you can set money aside. It will grow tax-free uh, or tax-deferred at least in this case. And then if it's used for a qualified expense, well, the magic fall magic happens and you don't have to pay taxes on that money or the growth when it comes out. So they are a fantastic tool to prepare you and your kids for college. Excellent. Very cool. So the 529 can cover, what can it cover? Tuition and fees and books and what else? Absolutely. So you've got your majors that you think of when you uh, when you sign up for college. You've got your room and board, you've got tuition, books, Supplies that will help you get through uh, technology also. So if you need a new laptop, so you're going off to school, Apple would be happy to sell you one at a slightly discounted price. Uh, and, and things of that nature, those are all considered qualified uh, expenses for your secondary education at that point. However, there are some important things that 529s do not cover. And one that catches people off guard every once in a while is you cannot use 529 money to pay off student loans. Mm. 
So be aware that if you have some money left over in a 529 account, uh, however small a percentage people that may be when uh, when they're finished with their their time at college, you can't go back and start taking that money and putting it towards your student loans. That is not a qualified distribution. Yeah. If somebody has two kids like like you, are you saving in two separate 529s or one combined? What what's the solution? Or does it even matter? Technically, you could do it for one uh, in in one 529. However, the challenge becomes uh, you have to list a single beneficiary on each account. Therefore, you can only use that money towards expenses incurred by that child. So if you've got two kids, 529s are incredibly inexpensive, typically free in I think just about every state that offers them. Go ahead and open two and, and contribute to those accounts. Make sure you're not setting yourself up for a, a, a big headache down the line. And if if something happens to where one of your kids gets a scholarship potentially and doesn't need that money, well, you can simply change the beneficiary on that child's account to your remaining child's account and use both pools of money for that one remaining child. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, I've heard a lot about prepaid tuition versus the 529. When would that make sense to do? Prepaid tuition is a bit of a tricky subject. Uh, if you know, if you are 100% sure that your child is going to go to an in-school state, then prepaid tuition might make a little bit of sense, especially if you're conservative and you want to make sure that you're getting uh, tuition locked in at, at today's rates and, and not what they may be in 10 or 15 years from now. Tuition might make a lot of sense. However, there are some, well, potential downsides to tuition as well. Uh, first, it's not going to earn the same type of return as if you were to invest it in a 529 savings plan, which is the other side of 529. So you've got 529 savings plans and 529 prepaid tuition. If you want to get the most you can out of that money and you've got a nice time horizon between now and the time you're going to need that, savings accounts, the 529 savings accounts might be the better way to go. However, if you are confident that your kid is going to go in state and you want to take advantage of less expensive, I'm not going to say cheap, less expensive tuition, the 529 tuition plan might be a, might be a viable route for you. Yeah. I'm looking at, what is it, 2030, I think, when my daughter's going to go to school and the $200,000, something great, something glorious like that, some beautiful number like you, that. You got to think something has to change between now and then, but but we can't plan for that. We, we yeah. got to plan as if it's all going to be the same. Like you said, take care of your house, right? Absolutely. That's right. Well, let's talk outside of college. So we're, we've got some money and we want to help our kids, uh, you know, maybe re- plan for retirement because we know compound interest is just going to help us out in the long run. We've talked about the advantages of a Roth IRA on this show before, but how can this be used to help our kids in the future? Uh, Roth IRAs are pretty lovely little creatures, if, if we're being honest. You've got all sorts of options uh, that you can use them for because what most people may not be aware of, or some people, I don't want to say most because, gosh, lots of people looked into Roths anymore, you can always get those contributions back out. So if, if you wanted to use uh, a Roth IRA to be a backup for college funding, it's possible to do that because you could start taking money out of that Roth, the contributions only, well before you reach age 59 and a half. So if you've got a, a nice uh, pool of money in a 529 account ready to go, but you need just a little bit more to help you get through that year, you could potentially access that money inside of the Roth, the contribution side. Weddings, same thing. It doesn't matter what you're going to use the money for. You've already paid the taxes on it. 
you can go get it whenever you want. Now, if you have to dip into the earnings side, you have to be a little bit careful. There's a five-year rule that comes into play. That five-year rule is a little tricky, by the way, as well. So if, if let's say you open the account when you are um, 57, turn 59 and a half, you think, great, everything's ready to go. Not so true. You have to wait that five years still. So you've just unintentionally pushed yourself a few years further into what the government considers a, a reasonable retirement time. So make sure you've got the five-year rule uh, accounted for. But uh, if if there are expenses, you can go get some of that, that money. I, I try not to uh, encourage people to do that. Uh, retirement accounts are set up for retirement. It's in the name. But life happens, man. We all know that. Sometimes unexpected things pop up or uh, you just you need some access to some cash. And knowing that you can go get your contributions out of that Roth type account, man, that's a huge advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's a that's a really good point. And, and like you said, it can be used for anything at that point because it's just your contributions. Yeah. So yeah. what about a, a Roth IRA specifically for kids? Like if they have some earned income, uh, could we start one for them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as long as the income is theirs and, and they uh, they earned it fair and square. Now, if you are a, a self-employed person or you have your own business, earning it fair and square can sometimes look a little bit differently, but that's okay. Uh, so if you want to benefit your kids long term, oh man, if you could get their, your kids set up with a Roth IRA young when they're still in school and just let time do its thing, time in the markets do its thing. Uh, that will set them up very nicely, even small, what you may consider somewhat insignificant amounts now. Oh boy, time compounding. It can do some, some very, very nice things for your kids. What's the rule? It's the rule of 72. Is that the rule? That's right. Tell, rule us, tell us about the, what the rule of 72 is. I'm rule 72. Yeah, rule 72. So if you want to figure out uh, roughly what something is going or how long something is going to take to double, I should say, uh, you take the percent of, the, of return that you want to use, divide it into 72, and that will give you roughly the number of years it's going to take. So uh, we'll do simple math because I'm a pretty simple guy. We'll say 7% return. Seven and 72 is roughly 10 times. So it's going to take roughly 10 years for any given amount to uh, double. So if they manage to get, um, uh, let's say, $10,000 saved by the time they graduate high school, that may be a little aggressive for some people, but let's just say $10,000, 18 by 28, if they don't touch it, if they're very responsible, or you just happen to carry around a big stick all the time and tell them, no, don't touch that, uh, they're going to turn it. That's going to be $20,000 by the time they're 28 and then $40,000 by the time they're 38 and then $80,000 by the time they're 40. I don't know where we're at. The numbers are just getting too big. I don't know what to do here, <laughs> but you can see that with just a little bit of foresight and pre-planning while they're young, it can make a huge, huge difference for your child in the long run. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, 
and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. Great. Well, we talked a little bit about some of those big future events. You talked about, you know, a wedding or the house down payment, and you can use the Roth IRA for that if it's your contributions, like you said. Sure. Um, what other vehicles might we be able to use for some of those bigger events for our kids down the road? So there is another type of account that is used occasionally. I don't see it very often, but it's a, it's a UTMA, Uniform Transfer to Minor account, or ACT, UTMA, Uniform Transfer to Minor ACT, but that's what it goes by for the account registration too. Essentially, you can gift nearly anything into these types of accounts, cash, stocks, bonds, real estate, precious metals. It's almost unlimited. And it will sit there in that account for the benefit and that's important for the benefit of the child. And you have control over that account as the parent or custodian in this case until they reach a designated age. Most states, that's age 21. Sometimes you can get that to 25. Check local listings for what that may be. Here's the catch. Once they reach that age, they have complete control over the account. So if you've done a very nice job or or Uncle Henry left uh, left the kids some money in an UPMA account. Once they reach that age, they get control over it. You have no say and no access. You can't even see what they're spending money on or taking how often they're taking distributions out. So uh, this could be a fantastic tool for some kids, and it could be setting some kids up for huge issues. I think back to myself when I was 
21 and 25, I think I would have done all right, but I didn't have access to a whole pile of money either. So I, I don't know. That's a fine, fine wire that we walk, but yes, utmost accounts can build long-term stability, but they do come with some caveats. Yeah. So I'm thinking what would be the benefit I guess, what would be the benefit? Maybe I would just invest in a brokerage account for myself or a brokerage account with my name on it versus a brokerage account with their name on it. I guess what, if I was planning to save for their wedding or a house down payment, would it make more sense for me to do it in a in my brokerage account or theirs? So there are some tax benefits to come with Upmas. Not huge tax benefits when I consider the downsides. They're not quite enough to tempt me into saying, yeah, let's go full full in on Upmas. I would probably say just do it with yourself. And that way, if you feel like you can benefit your kid in some other way or uh, meet out the, the the funds that you've set aside using the annual gift tax exclusion, that's probably what I would hedge on. Uh, the other thing that you need to be aware of is that if you do open an up month, that's going to have an impact on eligibility for financial aid in college as well. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be looked at and considered differently than if it's owned by the parents. So if you are doing your darndest to save and prepare for college and you've got this up my account, you might be kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit by taking some money off of the table just because of how the assets are registered and owned when you could essentially get pretty close to the same results if you just owned them in your own name. Yeah. If you had it in your own brokerage account, like you're saying, you could at least then make the choice of how you want to use this money. If it's in their name, it's like, well, it's in their name and they're going to get that money. So, okay. That's, that's a very good point. Well, let's talk about some like more near term things. I've got a, I'll use me as an example. I got a seven year old daughter and you know, she'll be turning 16 and what's, what is that uh bad math too nine years nine years nine years what about what about saving a car for her would that be better to put in like a brokerage account so since we've got a long time horizon or should we just check out like a high yield savings account something like that the old rule of thumb and i i hate rules of thumb i I gotta tell you (laughs) is is that if it's a time horizon five years or greater you can put it in the market I don't know if I'm comfortable with that for something like a car. I, I it just doesn't sit well with me. It seems like that could be a, a joint savings goal almost between you and your child. Uh, you know, I'm dad and mom and dad are going to contribute this amount, and uh, you're going to be responsible to come up with the rest. And we're just going to keep stashing cash in here, and you can see the balance creep up bit by bit. And you know, if if you're uh, falling a little bit short, well, something's going to have to change. Either we're going to have to get a, a car that may not be exactly what you want. We're just going to have to put it off a little while longer. The, the, I think the lesson can be missed in that case if you use the market and something uncontrollable by you or your daughter or your child, the account value goes down. And now all of a sudden, what you had, the $10,000 you had set aside for the car is $7,000. And that's just not going to cut it for, for the type of transportation you want your child to have. <laughs> the opportunity of greater returns is so tempting and I get it. But for a goal like that, I'm not sure the market's the best place for it, even if you've got a reasonable time horizon. Yeah, I like that. And also, like you said, it's it's liquid and you can get it right yeah, away. Absolutely. And man, if that market crashed happened right around the time they wanted to buy that car, do you think they'd ever want to invest their money in the future? <laughs> That's a tough life lesson, man. I, I don't know how I would have handled that. I love it. Well, are there any other things that I'm forgetting with regard to investing for your kids in the future, other vehicles, other savings opportunities that you've come across in your line of work? 
No, we've we've hit most of them. The 529, uh, if you can uh, figure out a way to get into a Roth account for your kids, fantastic. Utma accounts uh, are available but have some huge conditions that come along with them. Don't discount the power of a, just an old-fashioned savings account and getting habits built up. For goodness sake, I, that's you know my kids have habits of uh, picking up the Kindle or turning on Netflix already, and those are habits that I wish they probably wouldn't have. But you know we also try and build the other habits into them as well as far as uh, being a consistent, responsible saver and things of that nature. So, are there other accounts? Um, uh, maybe, but, but those are going to be the ones if, if, if you're focused on those three types of accounts, you're really going to be splitting hairs to do any better than those. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, we're talking about this. This is a very privileged conversation that we're having right now. We've got our, we've got our finances in a good spot and now we want to help our kids have a better life. Right? So how can we make sure that we're doing all the saving and investing for our kids that they will still have the work ethic to want to try as hard as we have as they become adults. Sure. I, I think you have to get kids involved in the conversation as soon as you think they are emotionally and uh, ready and, and mature enough to have those conversations. Show them the, the sacrifices that, that you and your, your spouse or, or your co-parent make uh, for, for those kids and the decisions that, that have to come down to doing X or Y. And Eventually, don't be scared to show them a paycheck and show them everything that comes out of one of those bad boys. That is an eye-opening experience. And if they have an idea of what that looks like, they know that just because you think mom and dad make a lot of money, well, that's not necessarily always the case. There is a lot of sharpening of pencils and and fine-tuning of budgets that happens on a month-to-month basis for a lot of families. And the fact that uh, these kids have uh, as many things as they do have, uh, we could debate on whether or not it's really to their benefit or not, but it's by no small effort on the parents' part to make that happen. So get the kids involved and then possibly if you think they are willing, and uh, well, they're probably always willing, but ready, let them help in making some of the family decisions. Let them, give them a taste of trade-offs. Uh, so we could do this, but that means we can't do that. Or we don't have quite enough money to do this this week. Should we wait and not do anything, just have a good time around the house or at the park or something like that, save a little bit more money, and then go do that big thing that we wanted to do next week. Get them involved in decisions like that and help them start building critical decision-making skills along the way. And if they are familiar with how to handle money because they've had a, a, a say in it from a young age – that transition becomes a lot more natural as they exit the house and go to college. And as they exit college and go into life, uh, they will not be doing so blind at that point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, uh, you know, if we take care of all of their needs until they're off of the house and say, good luck in the world, then yeah, I think a lot of that work would go away. I've read an article recently. I was either NBC or market watch talking about the Rockefeller family, you know, how Mm -hmm. they've, consistently kept their wealth over seven generations, whereas typically the saying goes in a lot of cultures, after three generations, it's completely gone. Gone. So it sounds like your point is do your best to keep them involved in the conversations so that when they're off on their own, it's not a brand new environment. And I, it makes a lot of sense. Like like our conversation around the up buzz, it's like, hey, here's here 18-year-old, here's $50,000, good luck. It's like, and if they don't have any practice with that, then bye-bye, right? <laughs> yeah, and don't be scared to show them what the future looks like too. So if you if you know they're going to have a little bit of money accessible to them shortly after they are on their own, 
So yeah, I know what the next year or two could look like for you with all this cash sitting there. But let me show you what 50 years looks like from now if you don't do anything. I had this very conversation with a, a young man a few years ago who was going, was set to inherit nearly six figures from a grandparent. It did not go well. Hmm. Uh, it is it is not nearly six figures anymore because he couldn't keep his hands out of out of the uh, the cash. So we all think we we know our kids and we do to some extent i will tell you now that things change and money changes perspectives and and how you do it so do your best to build good responsibility and good habits into your kids now be there when they screw up for them uh don't don't be quick to scold but be there to uh cushion the blow and then coach them through it and show them how that how they can fix it and things will turn out all right I love that. That's great advice. So there's a, a dad, listen, a new dad or a new mom that's listening right now that's saying, okay, I just had a kid. And a lot of this seems a little overwhelming. You guys are talking about the future, sure. 18, all that good stuff. What are some just simple money moves new parents could make to, I guess, secure their 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 future as well as their kids? Sure. Um, two things. Uh, well, a few things. First, congratulations, new dad who just had the kid, whoever you may be. We, we know you're out there somewhere. Uh, the first thing is going to be get organized. Uh, if you don't know what's coming in and what's going out and how much and, and who you're paying what, you got to know that. I'm not saying you have to budget your your income down to every stinking penny you got, but you got to know where it's going. And you got to be able to make good decisions off of those things. So uh, maybe you do some spending inspection, as I like to call it, and you look at some credit card statements or some bank statements or whatever it may be. And man, there's an epiphany. I didn't know I was spending you know, a couple hundred bucks more on food, whether that's dining out or food than I thought I was. I, there's no reason for that. Well, gosh, you just freed up $2,400 a year if you can get that in range. That makes a huge difference to your stability and your kid's future stability as well. So get organized. The second thing is get automated. As many things as you can get scheduled to happen automatically that just are out of out of your control is not exactly right, but you don't have to think about it. Did I did I make the Roth contribution? Did I make the 529 contribution? Just get them set up and they become automatic and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And as time goes on and those accounts build in good times and the contributions happen in bad times, which is where you really make the money as well as long as you're making the contributions in the bad times, it may seem counterintuitive and uncomfortable, but man, don't give up on the, when the market starts to go down, keep throwing that money at it. That's, that's where you start to make big progress when the markets turn around. If everything's automated like that, you can't get in the way of yourself and you can't let your emotions stop you from doing the right thing by doing the comfortable thing. Those two paths, when they cross, sometimes can lead to some really unintended consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Damien, this has been a lot of fun. Where's the best place for uh, people to connect with you and learn more about what's going on in your world? I uh, accept smoke signals all the time. <laughs> I I, uh, I have a spot on Twitter. I, I don't frequent it very often. Actually, that's, that's not true. I check out Twitter all the time. I just don't comment very much. So <laughs> uh, I am Damien D, D-A-M-I-A-N, I am Damien D. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can just go download the latest uh, Pete the Planner podcast and listen to Pete and I uh, stumble through some questions and give our best answers that we can and try and include a little bit of, of lightness and, and levity in there as well. So you can always reach me through uh, through the the links that we have on the on the podcast as well. 
Excellent. Well, everybody, the Pete the Planner show with uh, uh, Pete Peter Dunn, Dunn. And, yeah. um, and Damian Dunn. This has been my favorite podcast I've listened to all year. So if you guys are looking for some entertainment and some fun with money, check it out. It is a great show. Damian, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, I love being here, Andy. Thank you very much. Creating generational wealth won't be easy, but it'll be fun to try. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Damian Dunn. Number one, start a 529 savings account early. With student debt the way it is and the cost of college rising extremely fast, it is incumbent on us as parents to start saving early. Use the stock market to your advantage with a 529 account and grow your child's chances of a student debt-free life. Number two, consider a Roth IRA for kids. If your kids have earned income, consider opening a Roth IRA account for them. Retirement investing works best when time is on your side. So give them a lot of time by starting their retirement savings early. Number three, expose your kids to money conversations today. It would be beautiful to help your kids live without a financial worry by providing them a student debt-free life and a bunch of cash when they turn 18. But we need to make sure we teach them the money lessons along the way. As Damien said, UTMAs and financial gifts could be a fantastic thing for some kids, but it could be a disaster for others. Model good financial behavior and talk about money with your kids, the good, the bad, the ugly, so they know what to expect as they get older. This way, you'll actually be able to have that legacy wealth that lives on for generations. Damien, thank you so much for enlightening us on how we can save and invest for our kids' future. I know this information is going to help a lot of families today. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, grab a free copy of the Young Family Wealth Playbook. This is a short booklet I put together to help guide you and your family to young family wealth. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> you can find it by joining the Marriage, Kids, and Money community at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash playbook. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash playbook. Again, that is free. And the second thing, number two, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Just hit that little button that says subscribe, and you can come hang out with me every week. And then the last thing, number three, share this episode with a friend who wants to invest for their kid's future. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 166. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 166. And if you are new to this show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, The 10 Steps to Young Family Wealth and Happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from P.D. James. What a child doesn't receive, he can seldom later give. 
Let's give them our knowledge, our love, and our best effort because the future is theirs. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.